Blog Talk Radio. Turnbuckle Turnbuckle fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Thank you for being with us. Sign guy with you, of course, along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he knows that Demon and Bunny Coffee is a really good roast. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we jump into the interview today, some show notes if you were looking for some professional wrestling Today, you have Gouge back at the Men's Expo in Raleigh, North Carolina for two shows today, EVPW in East Hampton, Massachusetts, GCW in Atlantic City, New Jersey, Reactivate Pro Wrestling in Richland, Washington, 5CC running another show tonight in Bellingham, Washington, and then Pacific Northwest Blue Collar Wrestling, as usual, on a Sunday in Portland, Oregon. But without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today, someone that is a renowned traveler all over the United States, one of the great young up-and-coming talents in all of professional wrestling. Paragon, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to be with us. We definitely appreciate that. But thank you for having me, baby. Thank you for having me. You know, it is a pleasure to be on. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while now, but here we are. Yes, it is good to have you on here for sure. And since it is your first time with us, I will start you out with our traditional first-timer question. How did you get into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Well, I've been a fan since I was about two years old. Uh, my uncle sat me down, and we were watching uh, Monday Night Raw's War. And it was my first time ever watching wrestling, and it's a vivid memory. Like, my, one of my first memories is being two. And he sits me down, and he goes, you see that boy right there? That boy is Rocky Maivia. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to be a huge star. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just watching, you know, Rocky Maivia, and I'm watching all these other people doing all these really cool and amazing things. It was like I was watching real-life superheroes. And a few months later, I got to watch Rocky Maivia become The Rock and just kept following his career. And then I got to watch a man of the name of Eddie Guerrero, and I thought, man, this dude is so cool, and he's so talented. And after falling in love with wrestling due to those two guys, then uh, around uh, – 2003 and 2004, I just kept following Eddie's journey. And when I got to see him ascend from being, you know, the United States champion to tag team wrestler to then finally he becomes the WWE champion, a guy who, in my opinion, you know, wasn't that much bigger than me, <laughs> or at least how I projected myself of potentially being one day because I was kind of the run of the litter when it came to my family. You know, I was always a small one. And I just remember looking at Eddie and being like, you know what, I can do that. I can do that. And he became my hero, you know, someone who battled their demons, someone who overcame them. And uh, the day he passed away, it truly broke my heart. It was honestly the uh, first time I cried over someone who wasn't a family member. And I looked up at heaven and I said, I'm going to do this for you. And I made a promise that the day the Grail passed away that I'd become a wrestler. And uh, I went to college. And after my mom made me promise her to give her four years of college, and so I went to college, graduated uh, May of 2017, started my training for professional wrestling school September of 2017, and had my very first match December of 2017. And honestly, it's just been kids ever since then. I started my training at the House of Truth, and I just kind of hit the ground running after that. Like I said when we were introducing you, you're a renowned traveler 
in the five years you've been doing this, you not only have wrestled all over the Midwest, but you have branched out going to places on the East Coast, the South. In the last several months, you've made several appearances here in the Pacific Northwest. When you got into wrestling, was the travel aspect of it something that was appealing to you? Did you go into this wanting to be able to travel and see the country, or is this something that you didn't necessarily know was going to be part of the job when you got into it? When I got in, and I think I will say this, I was lucky that when I was getting into the business, actually before I got into the business, I befriended independent wrestlers, and I even reached out to, you know, TV names. Um, and so there were certain things that I kind of got wised up to coming into it. But I remember, you know, growing up watching Raw and SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, WCW before they closed their doors, watching, you know, ROH, and I remember they were always traveling, you know, or a lot of times they were traveling, you know. Sometimes they'd be, you know, in Ohio this month, and then they'd be in, in Indiana the next day, and then after that they somehow find their way all the way to Chicago, and then after Chicago they're in St. Louis, and then somehow they go from St. Louis all the way to New York, and then New York becomes, you know, Kansas. And so I, I had a feeling that travel was going to be a part of it. And I, and I would say it was appealing to me because, it was a easier way to see the world. I feel like a lot of times when we have free weekends, a lot of times when we uh, don't have stuff to do, even when we have time off, it's very comfortable to stay home or to stay where it's familiar. Wrestling allows you to step outside that comfort zone. It allows you to hit the road and travel. It allows you to go see what is out there. And so, Honestly, I expected it, and it's something I love about it. You know, there are times where traveling is hard. And I know you know this. You know yourself, sign guy. I know you know it. But, yeah, there's times where the travel can get hard. But, honestly, that travel is kind of what keeps me going, going to a new area, challenging myself, whether it's challenging myself to connect with the audience, challenging myself against the talent I'm facing, challenging myself against the market, you know, can I bring name value to this place compared to other shows that may be running near there or around there or the same day? As someone that has traveled a lot in the last few years, if there was someone getting into the business now that had not really left their home area yet but they were wanting to get out there, what are some of the tips you would give someone that was looking to start flying out to different parts of the country and wrestling in all of the areas that are out of their home base? Um, first thing I would say is try to establish yourself as much as you can in the beginning. Before you have, like, I'll say this for me, because this is the route that I took. Before you have your very first match, have a logo made. Have that logo made. Have it be a part of your brand. And then also do something that I did not do. Try to trademark your name. Try to trademark your logo. Make this a brand because you are a brand at the end of the day. Because a lot of promotions aren't wanting to look for someone that they have to create. They're looking for someone that they can build upon, something that's already established they can add to, or that can add to them, you know, uh, at the end of the day, wrestling companies are a business. They want to find a way that they can, you know, add to something that's already there. Like if you have a restaurant, though it'd be nice to have the food item you have that nobody else has because you created it from scratch, you also have to do a lot of stuff to make sure that that food item is is perfect and delicious and is appealing. So that way the money that goes into that food item – people are going to be willing to put money into. But if you have a food item that you already know because the recipe is already there and you have a way to make it better or to put your own spin to it, then after that, you've already found a way to be successful. You know, if you're a burger joint, you know, you're a burger joint. You don't want to have to try to reinvent the wheel with the burger, but if you can innovate that wheel, like, you know, oh, I'm a burger joint but I found a way that I use chicken as my buns. 
you're like, oh, snap, you got chicken buns? And now you got people that are keto-friendly. Like, oh, you out here got chicken buns? Let me see whatever. And you got people that are carnivores. And they're like, oh, chicken buns sounds good. So you're like, something that people can already build upon. Because the company doesn't want somebody who they're going to fly out who doesn't have a bunch of experience, who doesn't travel a whole bunch, and doesn't necessarily add something to the show. And if anything, they're going to say, you come drive out here and show us what you can do. You know, and if you are wanting to hit the road, if you're wanting to get flown out to places or fly out to places, I would say the best thing you can do for yourself is to establish yourself as a product in your immediate area, both in your home state and in the surrounding states and in the surrounding two states past that one, doing what you can so that way they see you traveling, they see you doing stuff, and they're like, all right, we want to see what this kid is about. Another tip I would suggest is try to find you a conduit. You know, try to find you a promotion that you've worked your way into and they see something in you, they invest in you or give you enough of a shot. But they're like, okay, well, we know who this company is. We want to see more of you. You know, Ohio Valley Wrestling helped me with that. Emerge Wrestling helped me with that. Chicagoland Championship Wrestling helped me with that. Those are companies that other people are, oh, we see you on Fight TV. We see you on Amazon. We see you on IWTV. Or we know that this company has produced stars that we've watched on TV, you know, on cable and whatnot. So doing what you can to put yourself in positions to succeed, because in doing that, it allows people to want to take a chance on you. And another suggestion I would make is go to a wrestling school that actually means something. You know, not to knock other wrestling schools, but when you go to a wrestling school with a trainer that's been there, that's been to the places you want to go, now there's name recognition also attached to you. You know, House of Truth, Truth Martini has worked for television. He has trained superstars who also have worked for television. He was a road agent while on television while also being a manager. If you go to Ohio Valley Wrestling, the name and recognition of the school alone, on top of the students that were turned out of it and the current owner of the school, you have, you know, Al Snow. You have Doug Basham as one of, you know, the head trainers who also wrestled on TV. You know, the Black and the Brave, you know, Seth Rollins' school. So you, if you train somewhere that has name recognition and then on top of them having name recognition due to who's training there but who has been trained there, when you reach out to places like wrestling companies and you let them know who trained you and where you trained, and they can go, I know that place, I know that person, I know that school, that also helps you get a leg up. You know, allow your money to work for you because a lot of places that, you know, are taking, you know, tuition to train at wrestling schools, a lot of them are around the exact same price. Invest in yourself. Go out somewhere. You know, I live in Ohio, but I went all the way to Michigan to train. I have a buddy of mine who lives all the way in Ohio. He went all the way out to the Black and the Brave to train, which, you know, is deeper into the Midwest than, you know, where we're at and going to be going to Michigan. I know somebody who went all the way to your Monster Factory to go train, you know. So it's like put yourself in positions to succeed. Put yourself in positions to add name value to yourself because the more name value you add to yourself, the easier it is to go to places. You know, like I'm having someone fly me out to North Carolina for a show all the way in October just to then have to fly to Chicago the very next day because I've been building something for myself and I've been working hard. And honestly, that's the biggest thing right there. Everything that I'm saying all comes down to hard work and investment. When people see you putting the work in and they see you putting the investment in yourself, you become what, what is called undeniable. And one thing that was told to me when I did the ROH tryout in my first six months in the business is be undeniable. And when you put yourself in a position where you are simply that, then you will find people reaching out to you. You won't have to reach out to people. You will find yourself telling bookers and promoters no instead of them telling you no. And so these are just a few things that I feel worked for me. And if you're listening to this, hopefully they can do the same for you. Al, since you do a lot of traveling and you have to take championships with you, you have merchandise that you take to promotions, you have your gear, all the things you need for out of the ring, you probably know that having a quality gear bag is important to a wrestler if they want to travel uh, your normal wrestler that doesn't go very far, I'm sure, can get away with a duffel bag or 
putting things in the brown paper bag and using that. But if you're going to travel on planes, buses, what have you, you need something quality. Do you have any advice on specific bags that wrestlers should look into when they're preparing to go out on the road? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you've seen my bag sign guy, and I have a really big bag, but the thing is, as big as it is, it's lightweight. So what I recommend is going to a place that sells luggage. You don't have to go to a straight-up suitcase store. I mean, you can go to a Walmart. You can go to a, a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx. You can go to a Target. You know, go somewhere and compare prices, but also compare weight because you can find a bag that's a small bag, and then that bag itself weighs, like, so much to it, but then you can find a bag that's huge, and it barely weighs anything. Because a lot of times when you are uh, when you are packing your bags and stuff like that, you're not automatically considering the weight of the stuff you're putting into those bags. And when you don't consider the weight you put into those bags, you go over to that airport and you put your thing on the weigh machine. And normally, when it says over 50 pounds, they're telling you either you can take stuff out of it and make it lighter, which typically isn't the most convenient thing to do because taking weight out of something then means you have to figure out what to do with that extra stuff or they're going to charge you an extra however much money that you already paid for it. You could have paid $35 for that bag, and they're telling you, well, now you got to pay an extra 70 for it. You know, So find you, a, especially for me, because this is my mindset with it, there are times where I do either tapings or I do multiple shows on a loop. And so I'm not going to be home. And if I am home, I'm home very, very briefly. And so I try to get a big enough gear bag where I can put multiple sets of gear in. And if you're putting those multiple sets of gear in, then I also have the option to, okay, now here are my boots or multiple sets of boots. All right, here is where my championships can fit. Here are my championships right here can fit right here. I have this department right here that I can put this in, put that in. I have an area where I can put my merchandise I try to be selective about which merchandise I bring because I have a lot, and so I want to be able to consider, okay, what in this market works? What do I have room for? What do I have weight for? And then you can get yourself a duffel bag and have that duffel bag be your street clothes, the clothes you wear to a show, the clothes you change in and change out of, and you can all fit that into a bag. And like my bag, my bag that I bring with me is less than nine pounds. It's a, I think they said it's a 7.5-pound bag. And so with my 7.5-pound bag, that allows me to put more stuff in it. And I have a bunch of compartments and things, so I can put my mouth guard in there, you know, my accessories when I'm in the ring or outside the ring. I can put medical stuff in there in case something's hurting or in case something gets hurt. Like those are the things that you can do if you get yourself a bigger bag that's a lighter weight because I'm someone who, even though I'm vainglorious and notorious, I like to save as much money as I can when I do something. I'm not – I'm not, you know, going to be not willing to invest in something, which that's why I have my bag. But if I can invest in a bag that allows my travel to be cheaper, then why wouldn't I do so? And I suggest, you know, anybody else do the same. It helps you. I agree with that 100% completely. You, like I said earlier, in the last several months, made your way out to our neck of the woods here in the Pacific Northwest, and Mm -hmm. right away you became Washington State champion, which is a championship you took to many other states. When you were looking at hitting the Pacific Northwest, what was the process for you finding the promotion, finding the right fit, and making sure you got out here to the Pacific Northwest? Uh, Well, one of the first things I would say was I I was just blessed. Um, A lot of people don't realize that the friends you make along the way, as well as the enemies you make along the way, play a toll in how this business can go for you. And it doesn't mean that you were doing anything right or wrong making them friends or enemies. It's just kind of how life happens. And so when you make certain friends, and then making those friends or having certain fans that believe in you who might also have connections you don't know about, and they reach out to people when you make a post of, hey, I have these dates open, or, hey, I'm trying to reach these areas. You know, I just got blessed that when I made a post like that, 
I had certain people, you know, put my name out there, and those recommendations allowed me to speak to other people and get uh, get my face in front of other people, which made them go, okay, well, we want to use this guy. We want to know what this guy's about, et cetera, and so forth. Um, but I will say for me, a big thing that plays a part when I go to a show, no matter whether it was going out there to the Pacific Northwest, whether it was going to, you know, a show in Tennessee or Florida, because like this past February, I made uh, three debuts. I debuted in Nevada. I debuted in Tennessee. I debuted in uh, Florida all in a matter of weeks, you know, and I got to be in Miami and I got to be in Vegas. I got to be in Knoxville and I got to do a lot of cool and fun stuff and the connections during that time process. But also in doing so, I had to be considerate of what I was doing. As I've been, I keep emphasizing it. You're a brand when you're a wrestler. You have to consider what certain shows, how they affect your brand. Like, are you going to wrestle on a show that, you know, has somebody who doesn't have the best reputation and people are kind of trying to cancel on the Internet because of something they may or may not have done? Probably not a show you want to be on. Also, if you're a brand and you take yourself seriously, do you want to be on a show where the flyer looks bad and the people that are on the flyer don't look like wrestlers or competent wrestlers, I should probably say, if maybe their gear doesn't look good, the promo pictures don't look good, they don't look like they're in shape, or the flyer just looks like it was made together on PowerPoint, not even, you know, like Photoshop or whatever, you know. And then also consider what is their plan for you? Uh, when I go into companies, I ask people, what is your plan for me? What do you see for me coming into your company? What are you wanting to do with me? Because it comes a point where you have to realize that you do have value as well. And I'm not telling you to be arrogant, to have an ego, to get cocky, but know your worth and know your value. Does it do you anything to go out to wrestle for a company for such amount of money just to, you know, make somebody look good? Or does it do something for you to go out there and help build up something or to help build up yourself or do a storyline or do whatever to raise your stock, you know? Because because when you do stuff like that, it raises your stock, it raises the company's stock, and it makes people go, hey, they're using this guy. I want to work for that company too. Hey, you know, he's working for this company. I want to use that guy too. You can make the relationships beneficial for each other. And I think that's a conversation a lot more wrestlers need to have when they're traveling is what can I bring to this company, but what can this company also do for me? You know, I was telling my buddy who was having a bunch of job interviews recently, I'm like, a lot of companies are going to ask you, why would you be a good fit? You got to kind of have to ask the question and raise the question, why would you be a good fit for me? Because you, you both got to work alongside each other. You have to be happy there or at least be able to, you know, want to be there and not want to quit. So, it's the same thing with a wrestling company. You don't want to wrestle and work for a company that makes you don't feel makes you not feel valued. You don't want to wrestle for a company that makes you look unprofessional due to the content that they're putting out. And you also don't want to work for a wrestling company that, you know, they may pay you well, they may put you on the front of the flyer, but they don't ever have anything for you. And so you're just wrestling for wrestling's sake, which, you know, at the end of the day, wrestling for wrestling's sake doesn't really allow you to raise your stock with the audience. And the audience plays a really big role on why we do this because they're the ones that they're the butts in the seats. They're the ones that buy the merch. They're the ones that make these drives and travel that much easier, whether they're chanting your name or booing you. So that's just uh, kind of my process when it came to reaching out to places and and having that opportunity kind of spawn for me. As someone that gets to a lot of different areas to wrestle – that means you go to places and see a lot of different referees, and we both know that the quality and the training of referees vary quite a bit on the independent circuit. Some promotions put more stock into quality referees than others. Uh, some referees are enforcing different types of rules depending on the promotion, so that can take an adjustment as well. But who are some of the better referees across the country that you've worked with that may not get the recognition that you feel is due to them? Um, see, that's, 
interesting you asked this because I was just having a conversation with somebody that was asking me, do I have any referees that I would recommend? Um, and it's because, you know, we've had some very, very interesting situations where some referees just kind of, you could tell who just put their shirt and some pants on their son and said, go ref. Um, but uh, Josh Patterson out of Indiana, He's been really kind of putting work in lately, trying to put himself out there. He uh, he even uh, went out to Vegas when Versus Pro was having their big event uh, back in February. That's actually where I first got to officially meet him. And he was out there putting in work. And uh, He's definitely somebody who I think people need to keep an eye out on, especially because, you know, he has recently done some work for OVW. Um, another person – that I would recommend and think deserves to get some love. I don't know if he's going to be back for a long time, but to me it's a good time because he took a hiatus and I was surprised to see him back. But Josh Gatton, also out of Indiana. Um, Sean Lyle, a.k.a. Peachy Rodriguez, out of uh, Ohio, is also a great ref. Uh, one of my favorite refs just because he just he's, he's always been so good to me and always so professional. Uh, Max Recon is also a good one. Um, and also, no sign guy. <laughs> sign guy is a good one. Um, one of my, you know one of my favorite things that I love about refs, and I tell people this all the time, especially people in matches. Refs are the director of the movie we're trying to tell. So if if we need something to be conveyed, if we need something to be instructed, if we need something to be you know sent back and forth, our director, our ref has to be there. So refs are really into it. When refs are really doing their job and they're sticking to what they're supposed to do and they're checking on us and you can tell who you can tell who is trained, you can tell who's a professional, you can tell who cares. And to me there's levels to it. Because someone who's trained, they're gonna give you the basics. Someone who's a professional, they're gonna give you the basics but at least they're list they listen. But someone who actually gives a damn, someone who actually cares they're somebody who they're going to, they, they know the basics. They're going to be able to be listening. They're going to be able to listen to hear and be coachable. They're going to even ask you after the match how they did. And they're going to say thank you before and afterwards. They're going to realize that they are a vital piece, but they aren't the main course. And they're also going to do the little things without having to be asked or told. And it is those little things that they do without having to be asked or told are the ones where I'm like, hey, I want you in the car with me. Hey, I want you to ride with me to this show I'm doing. You know, that means a lot to me when I see that. I agree with your list, and I deeply appreciate being on that list for sure. Right now, my co-host, the coach with the most, is standing by, and I know Coach Mike has questions for you, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Hey, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm feeling very glorious, baby. Man, I'm really impressed with you. Uh, pretty much everything. You're the whole package, man. I mean, goodness. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk, like to call Paragon, you know, uh, a multi-threat because, you know, I can talk, good gear, wrestle well, technical wrestler, strong for my size, can be agile when I want to be. I can also act, sing, dance, right? And like, oh, you're a octuple or, 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 or neck tuple threat. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just a threat. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I got a list of things I was impressed with. Basically everything, your gear, your look, your attitude, what you have to offer, your knowledge of the business, your, you've been blessed with your talents and abilities. My goodness. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I I look at it as I've been blessed, and that's why I have the blessings I have. You know, there, there are things that I had to do hard work to get to and stuff like that. You know, even with hard work, you can work very, very hard, but without certain blessings or without certain talents that were gifted to you, uh, there's always like a ceiling that you reach. And so I feel like the sky isn't my limit because I can go higher. Exactly. You know, I mean, even little stuff like your entrance and your moves you got coming down to the ring and then other stuff like when you wrestled Scotty Young and you spanked him to go to the next move. I was like, (laughs) that is cool, dude. 
Well, I appreciate that. And, and as I was talking about referees and little things, I try to do the same stuff with me, you know. Uh, I actually care about my entrance. A lot of times you'll see wrestlers, and when they come out, they might do a pose and then walk and then a pose and it's over. Or they might do a pose and then hot dog with the fans a little to get them invested or whatever. Like, no, like, if anybody notices anything about my entrance, my, the song is almost over by the time I actually am done doing my entrance. Why? Because my entrance is an experience. It is truly an entrance. I try to treat my entrance like it's a show. It's a spectacle. It's a big fight feel. It's a, it's a fighter walkout. But at the same time, though, you're kind, of in the, you're kind of in the concert, too, you know? And I put thought into it, whether it's the moves I do, the poses I do, the interactions with the fans, because to me, it means something. Everything I do in the ring means something. Everything I do out of the ring means something. Because I'm not a wrestler, and I will tell anybody that. I'm not a wrestler. I am a brand, I am a product, and I'm a business that happens to wrestle, that happens to be involved in the wrestling business. Because I'm a brand, a business, and a product first. And I have that mentality with everything I do. So that's why when you see me, you know, doing the things that you're, you're pointing out that you love, it's because I'm looking at it from a business, product, and, and investing mindset because everything I do I invest in. You know, like some people will crack jokes uh, once upon a time about, man, Paragon does not wear the same outfit twice. I'm like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> or they'll be like, yeah. man, those shoes, like they cost a car note. I said they actually probably cost a rent, but, you know. <laughs> wow, what a blessing. And then, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or ordinary life? Uh, growing up, uh, Eddie Guerrero and The Rock are the reason I wrestle. So in the wrestling business, definitely them. Uh, I was also a big Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe fan. Love Billy Robinson. Love the British style is, is something that always stuck out to me. Um, when it comes to kind of outside of wrestling and other sports, uh, LeBron James, I was a big fan of him because, you know, I felt like he's somebody who – persevered even though he kind of had odds against him whether he was being successful or not being successful he still had people kind of against him and to be able to say you went from being a poor kid just from Ohio you know raised by a single mother to you literally are the very first active basketball player to become a billionaire I can't help but just be like yo from a one Ohio win, northern Ohio went to another like that's just inspiration right there um, Muhammad Ali was somebody I loved growing up. Mike Tyson. Actually, one of my catchphrases is, I've got a mouth like Ali, but I'm as dangerous as Tyson. And it's because, you know, I like to get in my opponent's head and talk trash like both of them do. But to me, that was just the way that Ali would talk trash because Mike Tyson would talk trash and he would scare you. You know, you talk about, I'm going to eat your children and bite your ear off. And like, but Ali, he was like, that's cool and all. You can say that all you want to, but I'm knocking you. You're going to get knocked down in the third round. And I'm like, so he didn't, he's calling his shots. He's saying he's going to beat you and when he's going to do it. And to me, that was just a little bit more effective because now you're finding yourself, man, it's third round and he's actually winning. What's going on? So uh, so I, I was a big Ali and Tyson fan. Um, also, I was a Kobe fan. That's why one of my wrestling moves is called the Mamba Bumaye because I literally am going, Mamba Bumaye, Mamba Bumaye, and then I run up to give you a bicycle knee, but yell Kobe right before I connect. So kind of a tribute to both Ali and Kobe. Um, also, I was big on acting and music. Um, my first loves were music and acting before wrestling. My first words were actually singing For the Love of You by the Ivy Brothers. So music was big on me. So like Prince, Michael Jackson, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Rick James, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Luther Vandross. Like, I loved these dudes growing up. To me, they were it. Like, nothing was bigger than them, especially Mike, because Michael Jackson literally stood on stage and just looked at an audience, didn't even say any words, and women were passing out. And I'm like, that's the level I'm going to get to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I'd probably say, you know, and then, you know, entertainment-wise, you know, I just, for me, I just loved people who – they weren't just larger than life, but they also were people who were for the people. You know, whether I'm a heel, whether I'm a face, I'm still human. And I believe my purpose on this earth is to help people. Sometimes I have to give them some muscle motivation to help them. <laughs> you know, got to toss somebody around or, or bend some joints the way they don't want it to go, but my goal is always to help people. And so, you know, seeing certain people who 
wanted to do things that they believed to be bigger than themselves, to do things that they felt were going to help people and help the cause, whether it was in or out of their field. Those are the ones that inspired me to be the guy that I am. Definitely. That is impressive. Okay, and then did you play sports in high school or growing up? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I was on the track team at one point. I was on the wrestling team, did mixed martial arts throughout, you know, my youth. Um, I tried to go off to the basketball team, and I will say there was a time period where I wasn't that good, but I really, really liked it. And then there was a time where I got good, but because I wasn't on the travel teams and the AAU teams, then they wouldn't want to give me a fair chance, which really sucked because, you know what's bad when the best players on the team are like, yeah, you're definitely making the team, and then you don't, and they're like, yeah, there's bias. There has to be bias. Um, played volleyball because, you know, I got ups, and I also am willing to die for it. Like, I, I loved volleyball. It was fun for me. Um, but outside of actually uh, sports and, and stuff like that, the way that athletes kind of do their whole year-round training in sports like that, I did that with acting. Um, I've been acting since I was three years old. So there would be times where I'd literally be running from practice to rehearsal. Wow, my goodness. And then uh, what's some of the, some of your other self-defense background? So uh, so I did in a, a lot of MMA. So though I did have the, uh, the, the wrestling background and some catch wrestling, um, there's also judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, um, a lot of people, you know, when I was younger in my wrestling career, I loved throwing strikes, and I feel like it's on knees, and uh, I used to throw a lot of strikes. That was my thing. I try to refine my style because I have a lot more fun, you know, manipulating joints and stuff. And as a lot of people notice, I love putting people in submissions and trying to find creative ways to, you know, make people submit. And so uh, a lot of the things that I learned from uh, – Brazilian jiu-jitsu are things that I kind of use in my submission game now. Um, and then on top of that, a lot of the throws that I do, because I love to throw people around, you know, I got from judo. Um, and I have a, a, a buddy of mine who is a judoka. He actually, you know, sometimes will show me some stuff that, you know, since I'm kind of out of practice with judo, he'll spar with me, he'll show me some stuff, help me refine some stuff. So though I'm not – still actively training and actively participating. I am still actively learning. Awesome. Yeah, and like you were mentioning your submissions, I I was impressed with when you beat Dean Cooper in Washington here. That was a unique uh, uh, submission finish, too. Oh, yeah, that's the the When Doves Cry. That's my uh, modified double arm bar. Sweet. Okay, and then What's some of your most memorable matches you've seen or been involved in? Um, most memorable matches I've seen, uh, there's a young man in uh, Indiana named Jeremy Hadley. He's one of the most hated heels in the state. And he had a match with a also up-and-comer who was tearing it up right now and is signed to MLW, Calvin Tankman. And they had a match that to date, I have friends that have traveled and have seen some great wrestling, and they still will say that's one of the best matches they've ever seen in independent wrestling because it was, it was just beautiful. It was a masterpiece. And also seeing a guy that is as big as Calvin Tankman busting out a, shooting, a standing shooting star press on somebody, and that being the finish of the match was just, just, just beautiful. Um, but matches that I've been a part of, um, when it comes to there's, – there's matches that come to opponents and matches that come to moments. Um, for opponents, working with Suge D and Marche Rocket were definitely, like, paramount. Like, yo, I'm really doing something out here. I'm really showing people what I can do. I'm really showing people that I've arrived. Um, but I'll say, like, and in, in match quality-wise, I had a match with Braden Lee, who just had a match last night with Alex Shelley. They tore it up. Um, but I had a match with Braden Lee for the Emerge Outbreak Championship. And, you know, that was definitely a match where I kind of showed people, like, yo, I'm here. Like, you can't keep denying me. I'm here. Like, I've been traveling and doing this. I'm here. But um, but moments-wise, I mean, uh, there's a, a show here in Central Ohio called A Standing Room Only that's kind of an amalgamation of other companies. And for that show, we had people that wrestle on TV who've been on Impact, who've been on AEW, and yet I was getting the loudest cheers that night. 
whether it was my entrance or whether it was my wrestling. And when I won, the crowd went crazy. So, you know, I got to have that moment. Uh, having a show also in Central Ohio where we have people that have wrestled for WWE and other quote-unquote indie darlings that are on the show. And the entire night, the crowd kept saying, we want Paragon, we want Paragon. And then when I finally came out, the crowd went crazy. And then when the match was over and there was one more match after us, the crowd kept saying, bring back Paragon, and you're not Paragon at the main event. And I was like, ooh, sheesh. Um, and then I'd probably say one of my favorite moments, like, ever, that even tops that moment. We granted, that moment was like a rock star. But um, I had a street fight. And in the street fight, I, got a, I had a Prince T-shirt that I kind of, like, cut up and made street fight ready. And a crowd started singing Purple Rain at me. And I'm beating this dude up. And so we were just they were singing on beat of me beating him up. And they sang it twice in the same match. So I just kind of thought it was dope. Wow, amazing, man. And I love, that's the part I love about this show is when we talk to people from all over the world, when we interview wrestlers, uh, Turnbuckle's been going for over 10 years now with over 1,700 shows. So it's an honor to have you on, you know, and, uh, like I was saying, though, it's nice to hear from other wrestlers when they tell us people like Jeremy Hadley and Tankman so we can ourselves look them up and check them out. Maybe we can learn some stuff from them. And, like, same thing with your most memorable matches you've been involved with. So that's really cool. All right, and then so who are some of your toughest opponents you've won against? Um, well... I got to throw Marche and Shug back out there. Marche chopped me so hard, he split the skin in my chest and I was bleeding. Um, Shug was actually my first match uh, after my car accident. So I got into a car accident, thought I was okay, wrestled a few days later to go toe-to-toe with Shug. And uh, and I won, I was victorious. And after wrestling him, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be on the shelf for a few months. So, definitely, I want to say Suge healthy. And, I, granted, I still think that, you know, I'm going to still walk out with bumps and bruises. But I feel like if I face him healthy now, that'll be a whole different situation, especially because I'm a different wrestler. I'm a different predator. I'm a different beast and being than I was a year ago. Um, Braden Lee was also someone who he, he definitely was taking me to my limits. Um, and... You know, I've I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of opponents throughout uh, throughout the Midwest, the East Coast, the uh, the West Coast, down South. Um, had a match with Bo Crockett, uh, who is out in the Virginia Maryland area, and uh, Bo Crockett and I tore it up as well. And he tried to take me to my limit, but I will say, as far as he tried to push me, I still had much more left. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm just I'm searching for that opponent that's going to make me go like, you know what? I got to step my game up. And the reason why I say that is because every time I face an opponent that does that to me, I try to evolve and get to that level, to get to that place. The last, I would say, most recent person for me that was was Suge D. But those two have come close, but Suge D is the last person that when I wrestled him, I was like, I really got to step my game up because I'm in here with him and I'm doing a damn thing with him, but I know that I got to be even given much more the next time this happens. So those who I would say are probably some of my toughest opponents, the ones that really, really pushed me to an edge. All right, cool. And then, so who are some of your favorite people or places to work? Uh, favorite places to work, Emerge Wrestling. Um, if Standing Room Only does more shows, definitely them. Uh, Assault Wrestling Alliance in Maryland. Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, which is in the Chicagoland area, so sometimes it can be in Illinois, sometimes it could be in Indiana. Um, I enjoy working for Mega Championship Wrestling. It's in northern Ohio, and I get to, you know, be with family. Uh, I did a show in F- for FEW in uh, Miami, and just the environment that was there and the talent and the networking, it was honestly one of the greatest experiences I got to have. Uh, And also I'll probably say Versus Pro. Working for Versus Pro was very similar to that 
Miami experience where, you know, I'm in a very nice climate. I'm surrounded by very dope people, a bunch of professionals that are here to, you know, put on a show and network and have fun and all that stuff. So I definitely would say that was another place where I was like, yeah, I enjoy working here and I definitely want to be back. Sweet. And then, hey, one of our uh, main questions, not main questions, but our usual questions that we ask uh, our guests, Sign Guy would like to know, what's your favorite coffee to drink? What's my favorite coffee to drink? Yes. Well, Sign Guy knows this, and every single time he sees me, he still lets me know, well, it's still there for you. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink caffeine, actually. Like, I just tried pre-workout for the first time ever on Saturday, and I don't think I'm going to do that ever again. Um, but, yeah, I don't drink coffee. Um, I don't drink caffeine. Um, not my thing. One, I just feel like it stains the teeth. Um, two, I, I'm i what's called straight edge, and most straight edge people, you know, they try to stay away from, like, you know, drugs and, and alcohol and stuff. But a lot of straight edge people try to stay away from things that are deemed to be addictive. And I just know a lot of people in my line of work who are dependent on coffee. I don't like to be dependent on anything but myself. I got through college with just sheer willpower, so I figure I can get through life with that same stuff. <laughs> There's been many road trips where I had been exhausted and tired and had been getting zero sleep, but my willpower got me home safely. So I try to stay away from the stuff. All right, yeah, it's just one of our normal questions. I had no idea some guy knew. We like to tell the fans, and we're getting that answer more often than not now. Most, probably half the wrestlers don't drink coffee, so, but it's just a normal question. And we do got a question from a longtime fan, Kurt Ferris. And some of the times I admit these are off the wall questions, but he wants to know Is Paragon a first generation Paragon? If so, could Paragon Senior beat Paragon or Pentagon Junior? I don't know. That's uh, what he just wanted to know. I I am the only paragon. There is only one, and that is me. Uh, if one of my kids one day decide they want to take up wrestling, I would gladly gift my mantle to them. And I also say this, too, and it does not matter if it's a son or a daughter. My daughter, if she wants to be paragon, she doesn't have to, quote, unquote, feminize it and be paraguina or paragana or whatever. No, if she wants to be paragon, she could be hija de paragon, like whatever. I would definitely gift that to her um, or my son, if that's what he's interested in. Um, but, no, I am the senior. Now, can I beat Pentagon Jr.? Um, I mean, confident answer is yes. Realistic answer is yes, but it's going to be a war. He and I do a <laughs> lot of similar stuff, and he and I do a lot of different stuff. In the areas where we do similar stuff, I think that's definitely going to be where there's going to be interest in that, and people will be like, man, these guys are out here really doing it. And on the areas where we do different stuff, because he, you know, he can be more agile and high fly more, whereas with me, I want to throw you around and grind you down to the ground and make you tap out. Um, so I feel like he and I are definitely the types that like rest stoppage matches, but he's also someone that's going to be kind of more agile. I'm going to be somebody – who's going to try to keep him on the ground. Um, and honestly, it is, I think it's going to come down to whose arms last the longest because, you know, he does the Pentagon arm breaker and I do the Paragon soul snatcher. You know, it's the same move, but it's a different name. So the Pentagon arm breaker and the Paragon soul snatcher. And uh, it's going to be a matter of who does it first. Because uh, right on. Who, whoever locks it in first turns the tie of the match. All right, cool. And then uh, myself and Sign Guy have both both been to Heroes and Legends. I got to go there once with Sign Guy, and I've been there twice. I got to bring Human Tornado there last time. I'd like to see you guys face off. Have you ever faced Human Tornado yet? So I have not faced Human Tornado yet, and when I was in Vegas, I was actually supposed to meet him. But some stuff happened that caused plans to change while we were in Vegas, so we didn't get a chance to meet him. We were supposed to actually meet him and Willie Mack. But, like I said, some stuff happened and went down, and I was like, you know what, I have an early flight, so let's, I'm just going to go to bed. Um, but the goal is to get back out there to Vegas, and if I do get back out there, I definitely would love to meet him. And I would love to, you know, go toe-to-toe with him if he's still, you know, actively wrestling. I know he's been kind of taking time away and time off due to his health and whatnot, but 
I would love to dance with him. All right, and then how do Heroes and Legends go for you? Walked out with a W, so I would say pretty well. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of love from people, a lot of love from people, um, whether it was people in the back who were watching, whether it was you know some of the names that were watching, whether it was audience members that were watching, um, and also my merch table, how that went, pretty much tells me that people really were liking <laughs> some Paragon out there. So I think it uh, it'll be a very, very fun return when that does happen. All right, sweet. Who did you face? Uh, I faced Scotty Young. We had a rematch for the U.S. title. So when he and I first okay. faced each other for the title, it was at Wrestling Theology Fellowship, and I beat him to reclaim my U.S. title that I never lost, allowing me to be the first ever two-time U.S. champion. And then we had our rematch at Heroes and Legends, and we had our rematch at Heroes and Legends. I beat him again, though he tried to kind of steal the title from me through nefarious means. Um, but, yeah, and actually the WTF uh, show where I won the title back from him, uh, he kind of was, like, trying to find ways to get out of the match, claiming I didn't deserve a title match. And so I put up my uh, Assault Wrestling Alliance Maryland TV Championship as well as the Northwest Pro uh, Washington State Championship up against his U.S. title for a winner-take-all match. And uh, I walked out the victor. All right, cool. And then uh, you sort of answered this earlier, but one of my basic questions are any suggestions you have for people wanting to get into the business? Uh, I'm going to give them something that I feel was paramount to me. I wouldn't say this is the best advice, but to me it's the realest advice. Figure out if you truly and really want this. And once you figure that out and if you decide that you do, then remember why you want this and remember why you do this because that's going to help get you through training. That's going to help get you through the long car rides. That's going to help you get through the low pay and the no pay. That's going to help get you through the promoter screwing you over. That's going to help you get through your partners mad at you because, you know, you're not home and available on the weekends and they're missing you and feeling neglected. That's going to get you through the heartaches and the heartbreaks, the sacrifices that you're going to have to make with this business. Remember why you wanted to do this and then keep doing it. I can tell you to trademark your name. I can tell you to invest in yourself. I can tell you to get a gym membership. I can tell you all that. But that means nothing if you forget why you fell in love with wrestling, why you wanted to be a wrestler, and why you wanted to stay a wrestler. Definitely. And then what schools do you suggest? Um, I'm always going to say, and I'll be biased, and I'm going to be biased, but I'm going to say House of Truth, House of Truth Wrestling School. I'm going to always say House of Truth Wrestling School. I don't care where you live in this country, where you live in this world. We have literally had people from overseas come to our wrestling school. Alex Shelley, Juice Robinson, Scarlett Bordeaux, Dan Housen, myself, all came out of House of Truth. Zach Gowan came out of House of Truth, the one-leg wonder. So you want to be a professional wrestler? You want to know what it's like to be on TV or know what TV is looking for. You want to be able to truly put yourself out there. House of Truth is where you want to be. Right on, man. What a blessing to talk to you and have you on our show. It's an an honor, and we're proud to have you. I want to wish you all the luck in the world, brother. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate both of you. Hey, Sign Guy's got a little bit more because we've got about eight minutes left. All right. Thank you, Coach. Well, Paragon, we have a game we like to play on the show. We call it Word Association. I'll throw out names of some people that you most likely have come into contact with in your career. First word or couple of words that pop into your brain are the answers. Are you prepared for some word association? Let's do it. First one, Apollo Star. Uncle Q. (laughs) Lilith Grimm Can't wait to meet him Jason Maples About his business Officer Dean Cooper I owe him a knuckle sandwich Phil Good Don't think I met them. Donnie Idol. 
good brother. Referee J.B. Stewart. Oh, him enough a sandwich. Congo Kong. One of the good ones. Billy Starks. Limitless potential. And the final name, Damian Cole. Say that one more time. Damian Cole. Good people. Hard heads, but good people. Agreed with you there. Well, we are down to the last few minutes on the show today, so I want to make sure that there is time for you to say anything and plug anything that you would like, your social medias, your upcoming appearances, merchandise, your favorite ice cream shop, anything you would like, floor is yours. Uh, well, um, I'm actually going to, I just got my official LLC started up, and I'm working on becoming a nonprofit as well, and I am going to be starting a campaign on my birthday this month, so in a few weeks, and it is going to be a campaign that is going to be trying to help combat mental health both in and out of wrestling. Um, there's a lot of people that are wrestling fans that are in the wrestling business and they struggle. They don't just struggle. They feel like they're alone and they feel like they have to suffer in silence. And my campaign is pretty much letting them know, don't wrestle with your problems alone. Tag me in. And that's the name of the campaign is hashtag tag me in. My whole goal is so that way people realize and know you are not alone in this people who would much rather hear you vent than to hear you are no longer here. And so this whole campaign is going to start off with shirts that I'm going to be putting out there and other merchandise things, but it's also going to lead to, you know, me having testimonials of people sharing their stories in hopes that with them sharing their stories, that gets more people talking and discussing the mental health issues in wrestling. Because for some people, wrestling is a haven. For other people, wrestling is a hell. Some people, this, this business we're in causes more hurt than help. And there's other people, this is the only place they feel safe. I want to do what I can, that I can make this business something great and something good, and that when I leave this place, I can feel like I left it on a positive note. Because I truly believe how you, remem- how you are remembered is more important than what you accomplished because how you're remembered is part of those accomplishments. And so I just want to be able to, if I'm looking down from wherever place it is in the sky or wherever, that people remember me fondly and say that was a good brother, that was a good person. He wanted to help wrestling. He wanted to help people. He wanted to help the world. And so uh, you can see on my social medias, uh, at the Paragon, at the underscore Paragon on IG, the Paragon 23 on Twitter, um, and you can also add me on Facebook, Paragon Christoph St. James, or on my Facebook page, Paragon, as well as uh, the Paragon LLC, which is also on, on Facebook as well. Uh, follow those. There will be updates for, you know, motivation. There will be updates for uh, ways you can grab merchandise. I just really want to help people. And I feel like spreading the word of this and other people spreading the word, this is how we help people. Because the end goal and the final goal at all the end of the day is I want to be able to raise enough money that I can pay for at least one therapy session for any wrestler that qualifies. Not one wrestler, any wrestler that qualifies. All right. Well, I believe Coach had a couple more quick questions before we wrap things up. Coach, you got a couple? Yeah, I just want to see uh, what what else you got coming up, and uh, I guess you already said how to get a hold of you, so, but uh, yeah, what do you got coming up? Uh, well, due to some nagging injuries, I'm going to be taking a, a very, very brief break from wrestling, but uh, I will be at New Ohio, uh, New Ohio Wrestling Full Throttle Thursday. It's going to be on June 16th. Um, you can go on the New Ohio page and find out about that. And then I will be returning for the first time in two years to New Era Wrestling in uh, Shelbyville, Indiana, on June 18th. Um, then I'm going to take another 
a brief hiatus, you know, kind of just, you know, get myself right, uh, do some stuff with the family and whatnot. But then I will be back after those dates uh, at WTF, at RCW, uh, Mega Championship Wrestling, AWA. So I'm going to be at a bunch of places. So just go to my social media, keep your eye out. June is my birthday month, so I'm taking this month for me and to heal up and to be with family and friends. But some of these next couple ones, I'm hitting the ground running, so keep an eye out. All right. Thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Paragon, thank you so much for taking time to be with us here. I know you're a little bit banged up. We appreciate you taking the time. I love you. I can't wait to see you the next time our paths cross. Love you too, fine guy. All right, fans, if you are not familiar with Paragon, change that right away because he's a phenomenal talent, absolutely amazing. You will not regret looking him up and following his path and checking out the social medias. Great, great person, fantastic wrestler. So jump on that bandwagon if you have not at this point. Coach, what have you got to plug? Yeah, you guys can check us out June 18th at the at the Strawberry Festival in Marysville, Washington for CPW's big show. They got stars from all over the Northwest and a bunch of different promotions. Wild Lyle will, will be defending his undisputed championship against Chuck Payne. That's sure to be a battle. We'll have other real school me- Ar- army members there. Sunny Days and Moondog Ace will be in the house. And then also you can check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coach Mike Jones, and also the coach with the most. And then don't forget to check out the Real School Army, one of the greatest factions in the world, and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from wrestlers and celebrities all over the world. Also, myself and Sign Guy do the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and the Cincinnati Reds Organizational Report. And also, I just started my own podcast, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. That's on Saturdays Pacific time between noon and 1.30. And then also, if you're looking for a car in the Northwest, you can check out S&S Best Auto Sales in Auburn, Washington. Tell them Coach Mike Jones and Wild Lyle sent you. And then if you need a tow in the Northwest, check out Big Boys Towing and tell them Coach Mike Jones sent you. And also one of the best gyms in the Northwest, Fitness Quest. Make sure you check them out. they got a lot of exciting events and all the best trainers in the world and the greatest staff. And we're looking forward to our show July 16th there. We thank you so much, everybody. And don't forget to check out Sign Guy's Sign of the Times. Absolutely. You can find that over on the YouTubes, the Sign Guy 77, on the Twitters at SignGuyHBW, Chicken Bob also available on the Twitters, at Chicken Bob Bach, also his gram, Chicken underscore Bob underscore wrestling. You can even find Chicken Bob pictured with Paragon if you go to Chicken Bob's gram. Don't forget to subscribe to it. We'll be back with you next Friday. We continue Authors Month with Gary Morgenstein, formerly of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the author of the Dark Depths novel series, a dystopian look at the world and baseball after World War III. Very, very interesting series of books from a very interesting writer. He was also at Sci-Fi Network when WWE was running on that network. So he's got a lot of great stories from that era. Check us out then. And then one week from this very day, WCW star Stroh will be joining us. You might remember him as Gorgeous George III or Maestro or simply the Stroh, but most likely you have seen him if you're a fan of professional wrestling. He will be here next week. If you got wrestling near you, get out there and support it. There's a lot going on as we are heading into the summer months. So find a show near you, go support it, and we will talk to you soon.
get it now, I'm here now, and I'm giving this all I got. Cause I never back down, I can never back out, yeah, I ain't giving up, no. Now I'm back on top, and I feel so good, oh yeah, I'm ready to blow. If you got one shot to show the whole world through, yeah, let's give it a show. Now I'm back on top, you got to stop, stop, there ain't no stopping me, no. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.